0: Chapter fifteen of the Girls of Gardenville by Carol Watson Rankin. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter fifteen finishing a beginner. One two years slipped away without making any very great changes in Gardenville. Most of the sweet sixteen, however, had grown to be eighteen, and Helen Roxbury, the oldest of all the set, had reached the dignity of twenty years and was actually engaged to be married the sixteen at first refused to believe it then as the girls became accustomed to the idea they declared that unless helen invited the remaining fifteen to act as bridesmaids at her wedding they'd rise in a body to forbid the banns. it'll be years and years and years before i need bridesmaids helen had said but when i do no matter how old and homely you've grown in the meantime you shall be those bridesmaids you see i've got to wait for the bridegroom to grow up get through college and establish himself in business before i'll have any real use for bridesmaids helen had one peculiarity that had always distressed her family although it had not previously to the announcement of her engagement especially worried the light-hearted sixteen now however the girls began to think about it it may be true in some instances that what is well begun is half done but the adage was clearly inapplicable to Helen's needlework. The girl began things with great enthusiasm, but invariably laid them aside unfinished in order to start some new, more fascinating piece of work. Her work-basket contained partially embroidered samples of almost all kinds of fancy work that the ingenuity of women had devised, but not one showed any prospect of attaining completion." Her closet shelves had more dingy samples in the same unfinished condition, and the sewing-table would eventually have been buried from sight if Helen's busy mother had not fallen from time to time upon the heap, and finished the shirt-waists and other garments that the girl had so zealously started. "'Helen,' Mrs. Roxbury would ask, "'why don't you finish the collar you began last week, instead of going at another? There are those doilies, too, that you stamped week before last.' "'Why don't you work on those?' "'Oh,' Helen would reply, "'I'm perfectly sick of that collar, "'and those doilies aren't half as pretty "'as some that Pauline is making. "'I must borrow her pattern and start some like them. "'Don't worry, Mother. "'I'll have a grand finishing-up day sometime.' The grand finishing-up day, however, had been postponed from week to week for five years, and the grand army of the unfinished, as the family called Helen's collection of uncompleted belongings— had grown to unwieldy proportions. Helen's brother Jack said that, for his part, he did not believe the wedding day would ever arrive, for the bride's outfit would never be finished. But even this gloomy prognostication failed to rouse Helen to action. One day, early in January, the Sweet Sixteen met for the first time after the holidays. With the exception of Helen, who had a bad cold, all the members were seated in Elizabeth Dillman's parlour, and all except Rhoda Belknap, who was to read aloud because no one else would, were fumbling in the depths of gaily-coloured work-bags for fugitive thimbles and thread. "'This centerpiece,' said Pauline Winthrop, spreading a large square of stamped linen on her knee, "'is what Helen gave me for Christmas. She started it, but didn't have time to finish it.' "'Why?' exclaimed Catherine, diving to the bottom of her big pink work-bag and bringing up a partly worked pillow-top. "'She didn't get mine finished, either. "'She gave me this with the silks to complete it.' "'That seems to be a habit of hers,' said Rhea Margrave, "'unrolling her work and holding it up for the others to see. "'Here's another of Helen's unfinished Christmas presents, "'a drawn-work doily for my dressing-table.' "'Here's the pincushion top she gave me,' said Mabel. "'Finished?' asked Caroline Flanders incredulously. "'Of course not. "'I don't believe Helen ever finished anything in her life.' Oh, she used to, returned Virginia generously, forbearing to display her own unfinished gift from her too ambitious friend. It's just a habit she seems to have fallen into. Perhaps she'll get over it some day. She'd get over it at once if she were my daughter, asserted a seventeen-year-old Edna Mercer, whose extremely youthful countenance hardly matched the severity of her words. I'd give her undone things to finish until she was good and tired of them, "'Look at this collar she's given me to embroider for myself. "'I couldn't make French knots if I were paid a dollar apiece for them.' "'You're very young, Edna,' said Caroline. "'Perhaps you'll grow up in time. "'That collar is discouraging. "'But if I'm not mistaken, "'Rhoda is bearing up bravely under one just like it.' "'I am,' admitted Rhoda smilingly. "'But very young Edna had inadvertently sown a seed.' It sprouted in Mabel's quick brain, and encouraged by the other members of the club, it grew into a strong plant. Really, said Rhea severely, Helen needs a lesson. She's getting worse every year. Think what kind of a housekeeper she'll make by the time she's married. Fancy poor Frank, sitting down perpetually to unfinished dinners. Isn't there anything we can do? I have expostulated, began Virginia, but— "'So has everybody,' interrupted Mabel. "'She just sheds expostulations as a duck does water. "'We've got to do something, and, girls, I have a plan. "'I intended to give her a linen shower next week to start her chest, "'but if you want to make it an unfinished linen shower, you have my blessing.' "'The very thing!' cried Rhea. "'It will be so easy for us, and it will make such a striking object-lesson for Helen.' she can't fail to see the point. This is the fourth year she has given me an unfinished Christmas present, and while I'm the last person to look a gift horse in the mouth, I do really feel vindictive. She knows how I hate to sew.' "'Yes,' agreed Louise Bentley, looking ruefully at the elaborate design on the linen table cover that Helen had given her. When one has worked steadily for three months on one's own presents, it's pretty hard to have to embroider for three months afterward on the things one gets.' "'That's what I think,' said Caroline. "'And I, and I,' shouted the others. "'Mercy!' exclaimed Elizabeth. "'Here it is, nearly half-past three, and we haven't read a word.' "'Hurry up, Rhoda,' cried Catherine. "'Give us something. "'I've got to go at four, and they always ask at home what we're reading. "'It never do to confess that we hadn't read a word. "'Give us something short.' "'Give us a couplet,' suggested Edna.' No, protested Mabel. Wait until we've settled this shower business. I want it to be a success. We can't listen when we're so excited, anyway. Besides, next Wednesday is the most convenient time for me to have my party, and we've got to get all the details planned right here and now. Give me a paper and pencil, please, Elizabeth, and we'll put it all down in black and white. 2. The day set for the linen shower found the girls in various frames of mind— Some of the girls were still of the opinion that Helen needed a sharp lesson. Others were in a melting mood, and were inclined toward mercy. "'I can't help putting myself in her place,' confided Virginia that morning, when she carried a pot of daffodils over to the young hostess. "'It seems, well, just a little hard on Helen.' "'And Helen is such a dear,' agreed Louise Bentley, who had run in with a little bunch of violets. "'Couldn't we give it up?' "'Mabel, however, was firm.' "'No, girls,' said she, with determination. "'We've got to make a firm stand this time. "'We'll give Helen a perfectly lovely, genuine shower later to make up for this one. "'But she'll have to take her medicine first. "'She's too nice a girl to be permitted to go forever unfinished. "'We'll finish her, and she'll thank us for it some day. "'If you've put more than six stitches into one of the things you're going to shower her with, "'you'll have to rip them out.' Pretty Helen wore an unusually complacent smile when she started for Mabel's house that afternoon. To be sure, she had been invited to a plain afternoon tea, but she was an astute young person, and she more than suspected that there was a shower in the air. Other prospective brides had been showered, why not she? Besides, a secret that is shared by fifteen far-from-tongue-tied girls doesn't always stay kept." Helen had had inklings, but was far from suspecting the nature of the shower. Still, she hoped it might pour linen, because the girls had had time since Christmas to make all kinds of lovely things. Quiet Anne Margrave did beautiful embroidery. Helen couldn't help, hoping that her painstaking friend had made one of her elaborate centerpieces. "'Isn't it a pleasant day?' asked Helen, as Tecla Bliss suddenly rounded the corner. "'Yes,' Tecla answered, hastily concealing a small parcel. "'But I think it may rain before bedtime. "'Goodness! I've almost let the cat—' "'Say, Helen, don't pay any attention to anything I say. "'You see, I'm so excited today that I'm not responsible. "'There's to be some kind of a business meeting at our office today, "'so they've given me the afternoon off. "'Wasn't it lucky that your party—' "'My party? "'Oh!' gasped Tecla. "'There's another cat.' I mean Mabel's party, of course, but isn't it nice that I can go? Of course, after these very decided hints, Helen was certain that she was to be surprised with a shower of some kind, but she tried not to look too expectant when she greeted the girls. Prepared as she was, however, the shower proved more of a surprise than Helen had suspected. When tea had been served, Mabel standing on a stool beside Helen, who was seated, and who was trying to look as if a shower were the very last thing she had in mind, poured from a waste-basket a veritable shower of small parcels, daintily wrapped in tissue paper and tied with gay ribbons. "'Oh!' cried Helen. "'How perfectly lovely of you all to make pretty things for my chest! "'It was so nice of you to take all those stitches for me. "'I appreciate why this one is not worked.' "'I didn't have time to finish it,' explained Rhea, offering Helen's own time-honored excuse. "'You'll have plenty of time to embroider it yourself before the wedding.' Helen murmured her thanks, and turned hopefully to the next parcel. It looked promising, and she examined the card. "'Oh, thank you, Catherine. It's one of your lovely sofa pillows, I know. How good of—' "'Oh!' "'Yes, I didn't have time to finish it,' said Catherine gravely. "'But you work so rapidly, you know, and can do the rest in no time.' "'The fifteen not altogether comfortable conspirators almost ceased to breathe, "'while, bewildered, Helen slowly untied the third parcel "'and disclosed a large linen table-cover with precisely six stitches worked in one corner. "'It's—it's lovely,' said Helen, rather feebly. "'I didn't have time to finish it,' said loyal Virginia, "'turning scarlet and speaking her little piece hurriedly. "'But it's a good piece of linen, "'and I know you'd be glad to do the work.' "'That doily's from me,' piped Edna, in a parrot-like treble. "'I didn't have time to finish it, but you'll—you'll—' "'Here Edna broke down and giggled, "'for diplomacy was not in her line.' "'Helen looked round the room at the silent girls "'and suddenly flushed a vivid crimson. "'Oh,' she gasped, enlightened— "'You've been paying me back in my own coin. I can see that. But it wasn't kind. It was cru, Helen had started bravely enough, but before her speech was concluded her chin began to quiver, and she had buried her face in Catherine's unfinished pillow cover. Here was a wholly unlooked-for state of affairs. The girls had never dreamed that light-hearted Helen would take the matter so seriously. They looked at one another in a strained, uncomfortable silence.' oh cried virginia throwing her arms about helen do forgive us we never realized how horrid it would be for you helen darling cried mabel it was all my fault i never was so ashamed of anything in my life it wasn't nice of us to treat you so i wish we'd never thought of it so do i declared rhea do forgive us pleaded virginia who was kneeling most humbly at the victim's feet "'And, Helen, you mustn't cry on that green cushion. "'The colour comes off.' "'I'm not crying,' said Helen, "'suddenly disclosing a perfectly composed countenance. "'I'm just mad, I mean angry, or I was for a minute. "'But I'm not now. "'I'm just indignant, and I dare say I'll get over that.' "'We're ashamed,' began Elizabeth. "'Just awfully ash—' "'I should think you might be, of all the mean girls. "'Well,' "'You're so much worse than I am that I just don't care a single mite. "'I didn't know I was being horrid when I gave you those unfinished things, "'but yours was a premeditated crime. "'Everybody knows that's a thousand times worse.' "'We're sorry, sorry, sorry,' asserted Mabel penitently. "'We all beg your pardon with the utmost humbleness.' "'Then,' declared the apparently unreformed beginner, "'gathering up her unfinished belongings,' "'You'll have to do penance and lots of it before I'll ever believe you. "'You're all invited to my house right after luncheon to-morrow "'to sew on those things you've given me. "'Will you come?' "'Yes, Helen, dear,' said the thoroughly penitent conspirators meekly. "'We'll be only too glad to do it.' "'And when these are done,' added the incorrigible beginner from the doorway, "'I have a lot of other things waiting to be finished. "'You'll have to help me out with those, too.' "'We'll do it,' said the contrite club, speaking as one girl. "'We'll do anything if you'll just forgive us.' "'Well,' exclaimed Mabel, when the door had closed behind Helen, "'of all flat failures, this was the very flattest. Here we thought we were giving that lazy Helen a lesson, and we got one ourselves instead.' "'Don't be too sure about that,' said Virginia shrewdly. "'Helen may not admit that we've made any impression.' but I venture to prophesy that she'll have all her beginnings finished by this time next year. Virginia was right. Helen never would admit that the shower had anything to do with it, but something about that time certainly developed in the girl an amazing zeal for putting through the things that she began. Indeed, her linen chest filled with such rapidity during the following weeks that even Jack felt assured that the wedding garments would be ready in time and the merry members of the sweet 16 began to take serious thoughts concerning their own requirements as bridesmaids end of chapter 15 end of the girls of gardenville by carol watson rankin read by betsy bush in marquette michigan july and august 2010